Well, good morning, Thrive Church. We're glad that you're all here this morning. I recognize we have a lot of guests here for the baptism, and I just wanted to explain something here. We are doing a a platform remodel. We just wanted you to understand this is not the normal look here, and uh, we're just waiting for that permit to finish this. We're that close. So just want to explain to you, I'm so glad that you're here and worshiping with us this morning, especially all those who are watching us on the 715. Hey, do me a favor. If you're watching in the 715 this morning, just give us a shout out or give us a comment. Let us know that you're out there. Comment throughout the rest of the messages. And if you want to text me throughout the... No, I shouldn't say that. Don't text me through the message. Don't do that. Okay. I'm glad you're here this morning. And I just want you to know that we are a people-loving church that is helping lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And that is our mission. That's what we're all about this morning. We are in the middle of a sermon series called Grow, Grow Habits, and we're kind of spinning off of uh, the New Year's thing, and, and how many of you are you're working on your New Year's resolutions? You get, you get, there's hands that are going up. I want to tell you something here. Those who are currently working on your news, New Year's resolutions, I want to give you a warning. That is, the, the statistics tell us it's right about now, this week, is when people typically give up on their resolutions. I'm gonna tell you, don't give up, don't give in, keep pressing on, all right? God put that burden on your heart. But I just wonder though, I wonder if if maybe if we we looked at it a little bit differently that maybe that would be the breakthrough that would happen in our lives. And what I'm talking about is our habits. Greg Rochelle says this about habits. He says, the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The habits that you have in your life, they're the reason why you feel like you need to make resolutions. Because it's really your habits, it's your daily choices. In other words, we become what we repeatedly do. You are where you are today because of what you repeatedly do, because of your habits. Now what's a habit? A habit is this, by dictionary.com it says, it is an inquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. You don't even think about it. And the good news is, this is the good news, maybe if we didn't focus so much on our resolutions, what if we just focus on our habits? If we focus on changing our habits, it very well could change your life. So I'm, I'm talking about habits that create personal growth. If you look in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and again, this is kind of right after Christmas, and you, and you wonder, well, what happened to Jesus between his birth and, and what happened when, when he started his ministry? Well, in Luke 2, 52, it kind of talks about just that little segment, and it says that Jesus grew. He grew. As a young man, he grew. He grew in wisdom in, in other words, he grew intellectually. He studied the word of God. He grew in stature. He grew physically. He matured into a man. He also grew spiritually. He grew in, into, into favor with God. And he also grew in favor with men. In other words, he, relationships. So, so he, grew, he, he grew spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. You ever, you ever wonder what happens with people who who are in, in balance. Have you ever met somebody who's not in balance with those four areas of their life? 
In other words, somebody who's just out there and they're just working out all the time and that's all they're doing. <laughs> their relationships are shot, their emotional life is shot, they're just mentally just not there, but they, they sure have a strong body and they're just, they're out of balance. Maybe you've been in that place before where you are out of balance. And so what I'm talking about in this sermon series is I'm, I'm looking at just four habits that cover every area of our life. And I'm, I'm asking the question, what if we were to, to begin to seek God first, our spiritual habit? What if each and every day we woke up and we made the decision, I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is seek God first. How would that habit change your life? The second habit, I talked about this last week, our physical bodies. What if each and every day we were saying, hey, I'm going to take the reins in other words, I control what I eat. I control my exercise routine. I'm in control of me. My body does not control me. Today, I'm going to talk about mentally, talking about training your brain. And then next week, I'm going to be talking about emotionally. I'm going to be the victor. I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to be the victor. So today's message is entitled, Train Your Brain. And your brain is a magnificent Thing that God has put into your body, weighing only three pounds. This brain of ours is a complex organ. It's the most complex organ in our body that controls just about everything else in our body. It comes from our brain. It is made up of more than 100 billion nerves that communicate through trillions of connections called synapses. It's amazing. It is one of God's greatest creations that he gave to you. Just touch your head and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful mind that you have given to me. And what happens up here, again, I talk, this is only just a few of the function, but the function of your brain, it acts as your hard drive. This is where the information is gathered and is used and, and all of that math and biology that you learned in school and you use it each and every day. Some of you, yeah, not so much. It's a command center. How many of you grew up watching Star Trek? I grew up oh, watching old school Star Trek and, and Captain Kirk and he's sitting in that chair and he controls the, the entire Starship Enterprise from the armrest of his chair. How many of you men would love to have a chair like that? Control the whole spaceship, your whole house from the armrest of your chair. Some of you are that close to being complete with that. But it's our command center. It is our thought bank. This is the place where all of our thoughts are stored. And then last of all, I would tell you this, this is where it's a battlefield. It's a battlefield. Joyce Myers wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. And I really believe that's really where the battle really takes place. It's where I fight, I'm gonna just talk about me for it. It's where I fight on a daily basis my self-defeating thoughts. Anybody else? Can, I, I want to make sure I'm not alone here. Anybody else have some self-defeating thoughts? You know what thoughts I'm talking about. We have, here's just a few examples. We have lacking thoughts. With these thoughts that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. I, just that thought, I'm not enough. And you, you know, it's just even saying it just kind of puts you in a funk, right? Because some of you are like, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm not enough. 
are it's where our pessimist thoughts begin to show up. Pessimist thoughts are, you'll never make it. Why even try? It will never happen to you. For some of you, it is the place where our painful thoughts are stored, where there's thoughts of where we were hurt, where we were wounded. Some of you, you wake up each and every day and that painful thought is the very first thought that enters your mind. So our thoughts are powerful. Our mind is a powerful vessel. And, and, and here's the deal. You need to understand this. You need to hear this. Our thoughts lie to us all the time, every day. How do I know? Because it happens to me every day. Listen to what uh, someone once said this. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Destiny. You know, the Bible says that this man by the name of King Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. And he wrote this book. He wrote the book of Proverbs. And I, and I would encourage you, you know, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And I think that's kind of, kind of neat because there's typically 30 to 31 days in a year. What if you were to just read one chapter of Proverbs every day? You, you would get a lot of wisdom from that. You know, and even people who are, are not religious people are connection with people have discovered there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. So, so, so check it out. But I've discovered that like my body, if I don't take control of my thoughts, my thoughts will take control of me. Listen to what, what uh, King Solomon said. He says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you think, this is why this is so important. As you think, that's usually how things wind up, right? You know, there's a lot of psychiatrists who work with athletes today, and they say, really, man, you got all the physical abilities, you got all the drive, but your problem is what's going on in here because they've discovered that Solomon had something right here for as you think in your heart, as you think in your mind, so you become. You know, scientists have discovered that many of our problems today, eating disorders, anxiety, relationship problems, addictions, depressions, they're all rooted in a faulty negative pattern of thinking. Did you know that? That's, that's the root. That is the, that's where it's really founded. That's the problem. And so again, I wonder if we could change our thinking, could our lives then change after? If we changed our thinking. The Apostle Paul says this, that there is power in our thoughts. He says this in Romans chapter 12, verse two. He says, he said, listen, guys, here, here's what I think the problem is. He said, listen, stop copying the behavior and the customs of this world. Because, because where do many of our thoughts come from, Right? Where, where do we, because of what's happening in the world, because of what we're seeing here, social media and, and everything, you know, we watch on the news and like, oh, my world, my world, the, the, the world's in a hell, going to hell in a handbasket. And just like, oh, no, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, let God, give permission to God to transform you into a new person by changing the way that you, the way that you think. So what's the message? Paul is telling us, stop the insanity. 
Stop, stop getting so much information from the world. Stop thinking like the world. Give your mind to God and let him transform you by changing your thoughts. Today, I want to talk about how to train your brain. There's a really interesting story in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Fast forward from Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Jesus all of a sudden is be starting his ministry. He's about to start his ministry. But it's very interesting. He did what, what our church is doing right now. We are, many of you may not know this, but we are in the, we're moving into the second week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Jesus took a fast of 40 days and he went into the desert to pray with God. 40 days, that is, that's crazy. Well, the Bible says that when, when he came upon the time where he's just weak and he's tired, if you've ever fasted before and you're just like, you're lethargic and you're just, ah, you're tired, that's when Satan came to tempt Jesus. And he tempts him with three things. The first temptation, he says, hey, Jesus, I know you're hungry. Realize how hungry you are. You know you have the power to turn those rocks into a loaf of bread. Jesus responds with the word of God. He doesn't sit there and argue with Satan and da-da-da-da-da-da. He says, man does not live by bread alone. But then, then Satan says, well, what, 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 I, how about this? What if, you, what if you tested God? You know God would have to save you if you jumped off the highest peak of this temple. You, you could force God to save you. Jesus responds, and again, with another scripture. And then, then Satan realized, okay, all right. One more time, he said, you know what? You know what, Jesus? If you would just bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. Again, Jesus responds with another scripture. Each time, listen to me, each time, each temptation, Jesus does not sit there and argue with Satan. He simply responds with the truth of God's word. How did Jesus do this? How did Jesus come out of this fight? Yeah, Satan left him and he had no more fight left in him, but how did he do this? Jesus had his brain trained. Today, I want to talk about three things that we can do to train the brain. First thing I want to tell you this this morning is you need to know the truth. What is truth? Each of us, whether we realize it or not, we are living our lives according to some form of truth, whether you realize it or not. What is truth? You know, according to the Journal for the Scientific Study of Religion, they, the people who were uncertain about their relationship with God were found to have higher levels of mental distress. In other words, people who were unsure of what truth is, unsure of God's truth, had higher levels of anxiety and mental distress. So again, I ask you today, what is truth? What is truth to you? What, listen, you need to answer this question. What do I believe? What do I believe? You know, there, there's a group of people out there. Like I said, there are a lot of people who believe in a lot of different truths. There's a group of people out there, I don't know if you've ever heard them called the flat earthers. Maybe you've ever heard of flat earthers. There are people who today, they still very much believe that the earth is flat. 
decay, and that means that ships fall off the edge of the, of the earth and all of that, flat earthers. And they, and they just believe that, that we, all of us who, don't, who believe in a round earth, that it's just one big conspiracy. And I just, I point that out to say that they, all of us are living by some form of truth. We make decisions by our truth. John t- Jesus tells us this in John 8, 31. He tells us how important it is to have a foundation of truth. Listen to what he says. He says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him. Let me say that one more time. Jesus said to the people who believed in him. He's talking to us. He says, you are truly my disciples if you remain remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the what? If you will know the truth, and what will the truth do? You will know the truth. Those who are faithful to my word, you can know what truth is, and it will set you free. It will change your life. So living in God's truth is to know and have freedom in, 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 this, in, this, in your life. So what does that look like? In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Joshua has just now taken over for Moses in this leadership challenge. He's leading thousands of people and through this desert and everything like this. And, and so God speaks to Joshua and he says, listen, you know, before you start this assignment, listen to me, I'm gonna give you this instruction manual. Isn't that great? Isn't it great that God would give him an instruction manual? And he says, I want you to, to study this book of instruction Back then, it was the word of God. It was scripture. I want you to take this book of instruction, continually meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And I think that this same counsel, listen to me, I believe if God was to send each and every one of us a text message today, and and, and he would say, listen, what I told Joshua, do the same thing. You do that too. How many of you have a Bible? You have a Bible. I I want you to know you have a a Bible online. Each and every person in this room has access to a Bible. And God tells Joshua, I want you to take the Bible and I want you to meditate on it. I want it to become you. I want it to be the truth that you have. That's your foundation that you live from. Listen to me, this book is an instruction manual for living. And, and I think what God is telling us is like, listen to me, there's power in reading it every day. There is, there's power in studying it every day. Meditate on it every day. I, I want you to let it become your truth. I want it every day. I want it to become how you live every day. Listen to me. I, I want everybody to just listen to me real closely and then you can fall back to sleep. Reading your Bible every day is not the thing that pleases God. That's not the thing that pleases God. Living out the truth of God's word, that's what pleases God. But you cannot live out the truth of God's word until you know what the truth of God's word is. Can I say, I'm gonna say it one more time. Reading your Bible is not the thing that God is looking for. It's like, oh, oh, how many people are reading the Bible? Check, check, yes, 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 yes. 
It's not the thing. But it's when you apply it to your life. It's the life application. So I want to talk to you this morning just just briefly because a lot of people, they don't know how. They don't know how. Sometimes I've talked with people and like, I just, I just don't know where to begin. I don't know what to do. And, and I would just tell you this morning, we have a, a, a great new believers Bible that we give to people that, uh, who, who, who say, hey, I could use a New Testament Bible. And this new, this new believers Bible, there's instructions in here on where to get started in this Bible. And so you can go to the guest center in the back and these people in the back, they're raising their hand right now, they will help you. But this is what I would tell you to do. First of all, if you're gonna pursue God's word every day, it's gotta be simple. Just look at your neighbor and say, it's gotta be simple. It's gotta be simple, I'm not gonna do it, okay? That is the reality, right? If it's not simple, we're not gonna do it, right? That's just how we're made. It needs to be simple. So I have found that probably the most simplest method that I use as my Bible study each and every day. The first thing you need to do, though, you need to find a time and a place each day. And that's where we go back to habit number one. I would tell you to seek God first. Make that your habit. If it's getting up 15 minutes earlier, make seeking God. And again, what are we talking about here? We're talking about life change. We're talking about these resolutions that we make each and every year and nothing changes. If you want change, change your habits. Seek God first. Find a time and place each year. And then second of all, find the right Bible. I want you to know that I typically, each week after week, I preach from what I consider probably the easiest reading version of the Bible that is out there called the New Living Translation. So all the scripture verses that go up on the screen typically come from the New Living Translation Bible. I'm just putting that out there. Third thing you need to do is you need to find a Bible reading plan. And I've been talking about this for a couple weeks. Write this down, bible.com, bible.com. It has got a plethora. Look at your neighbor and say a plethora, plethora. And just tell your neighbor, I never use that word. I never use that word, but it's that big. It's a plethora of Bible studies, Bible reading plan. Because if you don't have a plan, you're not going to do it. But it gives you a Bible reading plan. It gives you devotionals. Have a plan. The next thing I would tell you to do, this is what I do, all right? I'm just, this is what, how I, I do it. Find a journal. Nothing big. And I, I take a page a day. And I follow what I call, what is called, and I didn't develop this, it's called the, cell, the SOAP Bible study method. How many of you ever heard of the SOAP method? The SOAP method. Let me explain that to you. The SOAP method. So you're in your Bible and you're reading a passage and you come across. So, and I would tell you, when you read, just read just a chapter at a time. That's what I do, okay? You, you follow you. But my Bible reading plan, typically a chapter a day, and I will just read through it and I will find a verse in there that speaks to me. I, I call it a nugget. And what I'll do I will find the scripture and I will write the scripture verse down in my journal. Just because something happens and my memory is triggered more, I tend to memorize that verse as I write it down. So I write out the scripture. Then what I do is I put an O next to it, my observation. What do I see here? What's the observation? John three sixteen. for God so loves the world. Wow, my observation is if God 
loves the world, that means he loves me too. And if God sent his son for the whole world, he sent his son for me too. That's really cool. And that might be my thoughts that I write down for my observation. And then I put A, and I write down application. What does this mean for me? Well, if God loves the whole world and he loves me, then maybe I should just love other people. Maybe I could just go out and live out God's love today. And that might be my only thoughts that I have for application. And then I'll, I'll write next for P. I will, I will write out my prayer. God, I, I recognize you love me. Help me to love others. Might put in parentheses, even though they're difficult to love. <laughs> you see how easy it is? And I'm telling you, as I do this each and every day, things stick. They begin to stick in my mind. All of a sudden, the truth becomes alive in my life. I'm telling you, find something and make it easy because the American Bible Study, I'm sorry, the the, the American Bible Study uh, Institute, they wanted to know the impact that reading the Bible has on studying the Bible and reading the Bible. This is what they found. They found that people who read their Bible read their Bible each and every day, they found that they, and they're connected to a church, are more apt to overcome life's major challenges. They're more, they're more there's, something, there's, there's something about them. The people who read the Bible each and every day, they have significantly less stress in their lives. This is a study, this is a survey that they did. They said that if, in, in, in anything, it increased their level of hope. People who read their Bible each and every day, they had a more increased level of hope. Is there anybody out there who could just use some more hope with what they're going through in their life today? Listen to this last statement. I want to read it for you. He says, among people who have been traumatized, those who have been hurt or wounded by somebody else, the ones who are scripture engaged are more likely to forgive those who might have hurt them. Even when that person did not ask for forgiveness. Did you catch that? People who read their Bible each and every day are more prone, they have less stress in their lives because they're more prone to forgive, even when forgiveness is not asked for. If you don't know the truth, listen to me, if you don't know the truth, you will always fall for the lies. If you don't know what the truth is, you always fall for the lies. Let me continue here. How to train the brain. I'm going to know the truth. Second of all, I'm going to confront the lies. If you cannot change what you don't, conf- you, you, need, you cannot change until you confront the lies. Have you ever been lied to before? Anybody ever been? I think all of us have been lied to before. And when we find out, it's kind of a sick feeling the next day. We, we, we're, we have this complete surprise, anger. We feel foolish. We feel ashamed. Here's the reality, though. A lie believed as truth will affect your life, life as though it were true. Let me say it one more time. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as though it were true. 
Listen to what Paul says here, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. You see, I go back to this thought, this idea that there is a battle that's gone on for your soul and a battle is taking place in your mind. And, and we don't fight it. It's not like a street fight. It's not like a, a fight on the, ki- on the playground where kids are kind of you know, swinging all over the place. It's not like that. You see, this, the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield, is in your mind. And we don't fight with physical weapons. Instead, we fight with spiritual weapons. Listen to what he says here. He says, on the contrary, they, he's talking about spiritual weapons, follow me, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to, to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, our weapons, the weapons God has given to you, each and every one of you, God has given you this as a weapon. The, the word of God said that this is the sword of the spirit. You have been given The word of God, you have been given truth and you have been given the ability to talk to God, prayer. It's like a cannon. I want you to imagine a cannon right now. A big gold cannon, that's what's used in warfare. And what do you do? You take a shell. If you've ever, for those who are veterans here, I hope I have this right, but you take a shell, you take God's word and you put it into the chamber, you put it into your mind and then you pull the trigger by proclaiming God's, God's truth and prayer. Does that make sense? It's as easy as, as that. But if we don't know God's word, we're shooting blanks. You see, it's not enough to know God's word. You have to proclaim it. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, therefore, we take them captive to bring them into alignment. We take our thoughts and we bring them into alignment with God's word. Listen to what he says here. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Your pastor doesn't fix your thoughts. Your spouse has been trying to fix your thoughts. And how's that working for you? You've been trying to fix your thoughts by, through New Year's resolutions. Fix your thoughts. You are in control of the command center. And he, Paul tells us this. He says, he goes, fix your thoughts by getting rid of stinking thinking. He says, you do this by focusing your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so I was going through a season of depression a few years ago. Going just, I had stinking thinking all over the place. And I heard this pastor talking about these I am statements. And what he, what, he, what he challenged me to do is to write down your stinking thoughts. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm never, whatever, I'm not enough. I'll never make it. I can't do anything right. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I, I began to, and then they challenged me to look into God's word and see how it, God's word counters what I'm thinking. And sure enough, I found it. And I came up with these These I am statements. I daily walk in strength and courage because God 
is with me, Joshua 1.9. I have been given God's mighty armor to daily face the enemy of my soul, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I am covered by your feathers and sheltered by your wings. Your faithful promises are my armor and my protection, Psalm 91.4. I am more than a conqueror who has been empowered to change the destiny of my world, Romans 8.37, and so on and so on. Do you feel the power in those I am statements? Because I didn't just make this up. This is what God's word says about me. This is God's truth that I have for my life. I am statements. So we're talking about training the brain here. First of all, we're gonna know the truth. We're gonna confront the lies with truth. And number three, we're gonna stand our ground. Standing our ground is kind of a military term. It is to refuse to be pushed backward. You see, when an army takes a foothold, they, be, they, they stop and become aware of their gaps. Where are the gaps in your life? In other words, you become self-aware. And I think if we're gonna, we're gonna engage in this battle, we need to be self-aware because you need to understand this. Listen to me, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Listen, grasp this because this is the reality. Peter says, stay alert, be self-aware. Know what's going on. Know what's going in and out of your mind. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Why? Because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. You know what he just did? He, he described the tactics of a, of a lion. What does a lion do? If you're one of those dancing gazelles out in the, those African plains, you realize that lions are there every day. You recognize that they're there every day. Satan's there every day. Second of all, you understand how you've seen it. You've seen others go down by the lion. You understand that he prowls around. The Cambridge Dictionary said that prowling is to move around in a stealthy manner, trying not to be seen or heard, such as an animal does when hunting. He does it where you don't see him. He's prowling around. Number three, he's strategic. Listen to me. When lions hunt, do you know what they look for? They look for a couple things. They look for four things. They look for the weak. They look for the wounded. They look for those who are alone and not paying attention. How many times do you feel like you have been hit by the enemy when you have been in those four conditions? Hurt, weak, wounded, alone, not paying attention. You see, if we know that Satan uses these same tactics, we will need to be self-aware. This is how we stand our ground. I'm almost finished here. First of all, be aware. Be aware. This is one of the strongest things I would tell you to do this morning. Be aware of your input. Remember I said it's like a hard drive? The reality is that what we put into our minds is having a direct effect on how we are living our lives every day. Prove me wrong. What we are putting into our minds has a direct effect of how we are living our lives. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds not on things below, but on things above. Not on earthly things, but on God. Listen, let me ask you this question. How many of you, what percentage of your thoughts, of your words, your actions, your attitudes 
are just a reflection of the news feeds you, you read or you subscribe to are the social media accounts that you follow. How much of your thoughts, your attitudes, your actions are really a reflection of what you're putting? I'm telling this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I have been fasting social media and news. And you're looking at a mind that has been set free. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I would encourage each and every one of you, take one week. You can't just do it in a day. Take one week and refresh your mind. I would, second of all, I would tell you, beware of your thinking. Romans 8, for those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. What's been in your mind lately? What's, where's your mind at? You see, the world, the, the, the mind that comes from the world is anxiousness. It's filled with lust. It's filled with, when, when you have lust, there's shame. It's filled with selfishness, conflict, anger, unforgiveness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But he say, Paul says, what if, we, what if we filled our minds with the Holy Spirit? Well, what is that? Well, the, the Bible calls that the fruit of the Spirit, love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that I want my mind to be consumed with, but it's my choice. I would, number three, beware of your words because Jesus says, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And what is in your heart is what you allowed your mind to think about. Because that's where it starts, right? It starts in the mind, comes into the ears. It starts with your eyes. And when it leaks down into your heart, you can tell what's going on in a person's life by listening to their words. And last of all, beware of your actions. The reality is our life is always moving in a direction of our strongest thoughts. So much more I could say about this today. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just a pastor and I'm learning these things the hard way. All I know is there's a battle going up in here between my ears. And I think you got the same battle going on in your life. And I'm telling you, we have the ability to train the brain. God has given us all that we need to train this brain. But, but, but we got, it starts with you knowing the truth. What is the truth. And then, and then second of all, when we know the truth, then we got to confront the lies. Like, wait a second, I've been living by a lie. I can't live like that anymore. And then when I've gotten that, that next step, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. You want to know the truth this morning? The truth is God loves you. And God wants so desperately to have a relationship with you. But the other truth is, the hard truth is, you have a sin problem. And your sin gets in the way of that relationship all the time. But here's the good news. Jesus, God sent his son Jesus to die on a wooden cross for your sins. He didn't stay on that cross. He didn't stay in a tomb but he rose again to give you new life. And you can have a relationship with Jesus, but it's by your choice. Just like these three young ladies did today, they recognized what God did for them and they made that choice. Have you made that choice to accept the truth of God's word? If you're here today and you wanna have 
a relationship with Jesus just one step away. If you're here today, you're watching online, you want God in your life. You need God in your life. I'm gonna ask you to just pray this prayer. Just bow with me right now. Call out to God. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to your neighbor. Talk to God and say, God, I need you. I need the truth of your word in my life. I choose to believe in you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. To renew my mind and live inside of me. I thank you for this hope that you've given to me. I'm choosing today to live for you, to grow in your truth, to live in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, the Bible, when we talk about Jesus, when he was born, that all of the angels came and they celebrated and they cheered and they were so excited Jesus has come to earth. You know that the Bible says that the angels rejoice when you commit your life to Jesus. So can we, as the angels are cheering right now, can we cheer with the angels? <laughs> cheer with the angels. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, I, we have a gift for you that I talked about earlier. We have some folks in the back at the guest center who would like to give you this, this Bible. You, you need to know the truth. This is that first step. Get to know the truth. And this Bible has got insights that will give you direction on how to know God's truth. Also, if you're here today and you made that decision to follow Jesus, I would encourage you on that guest card, will you just check the box and say, I gave my life to Jesus. If you're watching online, we just put in the comment box, I gave my life to Jesus today. We want to celebrate with you as well this morning. Amen. Let's just give God praise for what he's done and who he is. Thank you for his word. We are so glad that you came and joined us in this service this morning. Again, the, the many guests and family members who are here, uh, we hope that God just spoke into your life in an awesome way. And it was just such a, a great thing, the, the, the courage of these three young ladies. We're so excited for what God has in store for their lives. And so as you leave today, make sure that you, you greet somebody, find somebody that you don't know very well and, and get to know them. Just shake their hand. If you're here this, today and you're a member of Thrive Church, we know that, that part of our worship is through our tithes and our giving. And we have giving boxes, offering boxes at our exits. If you like to give, you just put in an envelope and put in that giving box and it will go towards the ministry of this church. Let me bless you as you go this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this truth. We thank you that we 